calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Good day, good people. My name is Brad King, and this is the Downtown Riders Jam video podcast, which is part of the Solid Listen Podcast Network. Max and Dog and I are coming to you from deep inside the jam bunker today, and we are so excited to have Tim Ewens on the program. He's here discussing his first book, which is a big deal, We Are Animals. Tim had an eight-year stand-up career alongside his accidental career in finance, which is a weird pairing of things, but I feel like if you're a stand-up comedian or any kind of artist, you have this other weird career, at least early on. Uh, and then he turned to writing fiction, which is clearly the most lucrative of all the careers. Uh, he's previously written for DNA Mumbai, had two short stories uh, commended and published in the short story anthologies, and had a very, very, very brief acting career. He is in Bristol right now with his wife, son, and dog. I say right now. I don't know right now, but that is where he lives. So we had a great conversation. He's fun. Uh, um, and we had a it, we had a really good conversation about his book. Um, and I really kind of enjoy funny, quirky, weird things. And this was definitely one of those. So you're going to be entertained today. Before we get to that, we got a little bit of business to cover. So the jam proper, our hour-long program, that comes out every Wednesday. And these video podcasts come out on Mondays and Fridays. So there's a couple things you can do to help us get the word out. The first is tell your friends about us. And the second is leave us a written review wherever you listen to podcasts. So this video podcast, our audio is also on the Downtown Riders Jam podcast channel. And particularly if you are listening through Apple, leave us a written review and a star review. Those two things are the most important things for us in terms of spreading the word. You can also pop on over to our Facebook page and leave us a review there or head to the writersjam.com and leave us a testimonial through the contact page. The video series that you are watching right now comes out on our website. It's also on the Solid Listen Network YouTube channel. But while you're at the site, if you're looking for a book to read or wondering what book to read, we have book reviews and we have a link on bookshop.org that you can go buy any of the books of anybody who's been on this program. And when you do that, you support local and independent bookstores. If all that's too much, sign up for our monthly newsletter. Everything is going to show up 
right in your box. The last thing you can do is support the entire Solid Listen podcast network. Click on that Patreon button, just a couple bucks a month. You're going to get commercial-free episodes and a bunch of bonus content from everybody on the network. So, like I said, it's a fun conversation today, uh, which is good because we got a lot of heavy stuff going on in the world right now. And uh, I think it just feels unrelenting at times, doesn't it? Like, it really just feels like we're never going to get out of whatever thing is happening. Like, you sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel, and then you get there, and you're like, oh, that's that wasn't a light. That was just like, we're just now in another tunnel. And that's really, I think... Um, there is this semblance of reality and the way things used to be coming back. And then there's this other like Delta COVID, you know, is out and schools are in, but how long are they going to be there? Like, nobody's sure. Like, are we going to be in person? Are we going to be doing this whole online thing again? It's just really tough right now. And so finding little bits and pieces of joy and happiness and laughter becomes so much more important, I think, than normal. And today you're going to get some of that. Uh, this is not going to be a heavy conversation. It is fun and funny and Tim is great. And we just sort of had a lovely time talking about the quirkiness of his book. So I appreciate you stopping by the bunker today to spend about 30 minutes with Max and I. I hope that you're doing as well as you can. I hope taking care of each other. Um, and I hope that you're taking care of the people around you. It's a hard time. So we got to be kind to each other. For now... I hope you will sit back and enjoy my conversation with Tim Ewens. It's almost impossible to find because it's one of those free wits ones and it's out of date. So had you have found it, it wouldn't have been. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's my, it's just, I'm always interested when, you know, when I run across people who, who just don't do any of that. I like you, I'm assuming you live mostly with like Twitter and Instagram and just sort of deal with whatever you have to there. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's nuts actually I should probably get one because you probably if you I don't know if, if you've read it anywhere but I did do stand up for eight yeah. years I didn't have a website then either yeah it's like a really basic thing that I've just not around to doing yeah that was why I was surprised because I knew you know I knew that you had done that and I was like oh yeah you're just doing your art for you and if people find you that's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it sort of is that I remember my mates telling me um when I started doing stand-up, I needed Twitter. And all I did was set one up. This is going to sound ridiculous, but for a prune. So I took a picture of a prune, which I got a little face on it and just tweeted things that I thought a prune might think. And then I met my mate a few weeks later. He was like, that's not what I meant at all. I sort of <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, you know, I've been doing internet stuff since 1984 when I was 12. And so I have a certain amount of like love for digital spaces, but also like a big healthy, like, I don't know if we need to be in front of screens that much. Yeah. 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 I'd agree. Um, except for the typing, sadly, you know, <laughs> yeah, but I guess that's, I feel like I meant connected screens, right? Like obviously we have to sit down and do stuff, but do you find you have to like, I'm to the point now where I have to use things that like turn everything off so that I don't, Futs yeah, around yeah. somewhere else yeah yeah pretty much uh, yeah it, like the internet went a couple of weeks ago and i didn't i was explaining to my three-year-old that that means he can't watch any telly that means it's like the internet's gone and he doesn't know what that means i was like everything you know is gone <laughs> like, there's no music there's no telly you can you can play with your toys which is cool but um yeah it's 
it's taken over the world. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you're trying to explain to him like, this is what we call the 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> like you've just been transported to the 70s. <laughs> yeah, it was. So I was, I was trying to explain to him. I got far too in depth with it, considering he's three. Yeah, but um, I was saying things like. So when I was a, a little boy, um, I, I had to watch adverts and then wait until the program I wanted was on. And then I had to watch like the bill. And I think I was talking about things like that. And I was like, I don't, because my, because my mum wanted to watch the bill or yeah. Coronation Street or whatever. And my, my kids just sat there looking at me like, so can I watch Blippi <laughs> or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's as, a, as someone that creates stuff and you've obviously... I mean, you did a little acting, you did the stand-up, you're writing, like your life is art, there's artistic creativity sort of built into that. For me, screens are like both the, like I love them because they allow me to connect with people, but also like the older I get, the more I have to be careful that I'm not around them because I just won't create things. I will just get lost in the void of the bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's part of, um, I'd say like, you know, with books and writing and that kind of stuff, there's two parts. There's doing it, like writing a book, and then there's everything else with it. So you forget to write. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing book stuff like this, for example. I, I mean, I've been looking forward to this. It's great, um, but it's it's not writing a book. Yeah. <laughs> and it's you know, I I texted my friend yesterday. Um, I'm I my other job is running a university press, so I'm editing a book. And it's taken forever. And I finally just sent a note to people and said, I'm not going to be responding to email, talking, doing anything because I can't do this in 30 minute bits and pieces around stuff. I have to spend five hours and get immersed in this so that I'm editing the book in a way that's meaningful. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, writing for me is the same way. I don't know if you've you experienced that. Uh, well, you got I... a kid, so you're probably doing it around the kid. <laughs> I kind of I kind of write when I can. So yeah. all of um, animals was written um, uh, in my lunch breaks at work. Really? Yeah. So I used to uh, book an hour and then book a meeting room and literally just sit down and type on an iPad for an hour and then go back to work. Yeah. But I mean, you still said for that hour, that's the thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, that's what I mean. Like there just needs to be a dedicated thing. I can't have my attention going in other directions. If I'm writing or editing, I have to be there. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Whatever right. that time is. There is, um, I've got a book here actually, Laura Bees Beasley, do you know who? Uh -uh. So she she writes um, flash fiction, but her first book is called The Almost Mothers. Um, and she wrote it pretty much entirely whilst up, up at nighttime. Yeah. On notes, which is pretty cool. I yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm always interested because when I interview parents, like I, I can't remember the woman who said it, but she literally wrote her book on her phone waiting to while her she dropped her kid off. I think it's soccer practice and it would be like an hour and she would sit in the car and write her book on her phone. And she was like, that hour was mine. And I was like, well, you know, you're a writer when you're like, everybody shut up. I'm writing a book on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you really you froze it for a second then. Some, uh, you're back now, but you I did mean, freeze for You've Sorry. never frozen for me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so yeah. tell me a little bit about uh, about the book, We Are Animals. Um, so I've got it here, which is prepared. Um, <laughs> it's 
it's kind of a, a comedy book, but it's, I think it's doing, it's basically all the reviews, it's really, I'm not very good at like promoting my own book, which is terrible, but in the same way I don't have a website, it's the same kind of thing. And it's been, it's been compared to like the style of Jonas Jonasson's, like the hundred year old man uh, who climbed out the window and disappeared. Um, so it's that kind of genre. Um, and it's about a, an old uh, a guy, uh, sort of late middle age, 60, 65-ish on a beach, uh, meets up with a teenager and basically tells the teenager his life story. Um, and how much of it is true is, you know, who knows? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I know it's all fictional. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing is fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then it's, and it kind of is a story between this this man and this this woman who keep kind of meeting in different countries accidentally, and fate kept bringing them together. And now he's uh, waiting on the beach because he kept looking for her, and now he's waiting for fate to bring her to him. Um, and then in each chapter, there has a different animal, um, which has its own little kind of story in the background, which is hence the title. But no, I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm not, I'm not that great at because well, people ask you what's your book about. I know, and you like a one-word answer is probably not going to do it any justice. <laughs> Both like stuff, just fate and stuff. Um, and if you go into it, they're like, "All right, mate, I didn't," you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's weird. I whenever I would always answer with the page numbers. Like, what's your book about? Eh, it's about four hundred pages. <laughs> go in and see. So one of the concepts or one of the sort of themes that always comes up in these discussions are that stories begin. We write books or what, whether fiction or nonfiction because there's some question or some thing that pops in your head that you want to explore. Right. They're like, well, I just want to spend some time with this and see what this means. So what was it that like started that? What was the thing where you're like, oh, shit, this is a this is a guy or a person or a thing that I want to explore for a little while. Um, so I'd say the reason I actually started writing it was because this is going to say, so my, uh, my, my day job is a financial advisor. So I'm used to spreadsheets and stuff. And I, I really like, um, well, I do actually quite like spreadsheets. I'm one of those people, but I do like, um, like books that kind of keep bringing things around. And so my stand up set was always lots of callbacks and a lot of the humor came from callbacks from earlier stuff. So I kind of wanted in a book, you've got like you say, 300, 400 pages. I kind of wanted to see if I could write a novel with loads and loads of callbacks. <laughs> um, so anything, I, I kept this massive spreadsheet when I was writing it and anything that happens in the book was on a spreadsheet so I could make sure that it made sense later. So it's, and I, I started referring to it as circular writing to make sure that everything is kind of tied up, which is why I started. But the actual, um, the actual <laughs> content is, um, basically, when I was traveling ages ago, I met a, a bloke on a beach in Malaysia, and he was basically telling me, he was, he was sat there, he was a lovely guy, but he was basically saying, I, this beach has changed, it's awful the way it is. And then he was telling me that he comes back every year, and I was like, I mean, you can find another beach. Yeah. <laughs> and Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And I, I honestly, his answer, and he's actually, this, this line's in the book somewhere towards the beginning, and he's like, no, nowhere better than here. Nowhere better. <laughs> <laughs> so he also lives in a circular life. I can see yeah. why you were, you were attracted to him. You're like, oh, yes, I understand you. It was like he was kind of stuck in a cycle, yeah. 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 But I, I just loved that he was, he was saying, oh, it's getting so bad, but it is still the best place yeah. in the world. <laughs> so yeah. It is the best, it's the most optimistic uh, cynic ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is terrible and I'm never leaving because it's the best. <laughs> There's nothing better out there for me. <laughs> It's, yeah. that's inter- it, it's always fascinating to me, like where stories start and begin um, in terms of like, you know, you just I always carry my little notepad around and I'm always like even, I do nonfiction. I don't even do fiction just because things will you meet people like that or whatever. And you're just like, oh, shit. Like, how does that per- like what happened that led them here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly that. And I, I, I think I was on that beach a couple of nights and I was ended up chatting to him both nights because I was just so. I was interested. Yeah, he wasn't. Actually, he wasn't actually saying much, to be honest. He was just kind of yeah. drinking. Um, yeah, no, no, definitely. But it had know. started in your head, like you were like, "Oh, I, I just need to get as much of this guy as I can." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, like you say, you keep a notepad around. I, what I tend to do is um, anything that I think of, I send myself an email. And uh-huh. I send it to work email. So when I get to work, I'm like, "Let's make a note of that." In my lunch break. <laughs> yeah, that's what, what I'm going to do for my hour. I uh, I was a graduate assistant for a writer named Michael Lewis who wrote um, Blind Side, and, and he you know he, he's a, a famous novelist who, or a, a nonfiction writer, and he used to say uh, he would never carry a notebook. He kept Bev naps in his pocket, and so he'd be having napkins, you know, little bar napkins, the little things that you put your beer on or whatever. And when people would say stuff, he would like excuse himself and go make notes so they didn't know. He's like, if you do it in front of people, they stop sharing. And he's like, but if you, if they don't know, they'll just keep talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because you can't be, so I, I used to, when I lived in London, I used to, um, like, you can't, I used to look around on the train, just, you know, typical kind of thing to see and try and think of what people's backstories were. But you can't just stare at people and write down notes. It's too weird. Yeah. And the it, cops will show up. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> if you can kind of hide it. But even then, like sitting on the train, not writing notes and just looking at people, you're kind of thinking, yeah, well, I can imagine back in the day, like thinking of what your family would be like. But then you're like, steady for a long time, though, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's one of my favorite things to do whenever I travel. I've been all through uh, Eastern Europe and through the UK is this sitting like I don't ever go to tourist spots. I always find little cafes or little bars, like little places that look like regular people don't go there. And I just will plop down and I'll just spend a week in there because you meet like actual real people, right? You meet these like characters that you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you kind of know what the tourist spots are like, right? I mean, you might go and have a look, but 
I don't know if you're like me, but before I go anywhere, I tend to drop myself on a pin on Google Earth anyway and have a walk around. Regardless. Yeah, yeah. I, and I have like I still have my like uh, um, my writing partner lives in Berlin. I still have my Google Maps of like all the stuff that I'm like, oh, here this bar looks weird. <laughs> like I'm gonna go there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to do so. Although my wife says that I ruin holidays by doing it because so for, <laughs> yes, like I, I took it to um, going off point a bit. But when we went to um, Disneyland a long time ago, before we had my son, so we'll have to go again one day because if he ever finds out, we went. But um, <laughs> I went on YouTube and watched all the rides to see which the best ones were. Yeah, and my wife, was like, well, that takes all the fun away from going. But yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it does. It's like, I don't walk into a movie without having read the synopsis of what's going to happen because then I can enjoy what's, what's happening instead. Like for me, I already want to know what's happening so that I can see how they did it. Like, yeah, 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 that makes sense. That's yeah, that it's, it's like seeing the stuff like, well, yeah, I could jump on everything or I could know what it is and make an informed decision. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. In the same way, I've even found, so I mean, I, I you know, I, I read quite a lot because as I imagine most people you speak to do. Um, but if I'm reading a book and, you know, like you say, when you want to have, you get focused when you're writing and editing, I'm sort of the same with reading. If I read for a couple of minutes, I find it quite difficult to follow the a whole book. Yeah. But if, yeah. I read like, um, if I've read, I don't know, 10 chapters and I'm sort of enjoying it, but I'm like, I don't really know what's going on. And I know this is on me for not reading it properly. I'll then go and read some reviews to be like, ah, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I'm back with it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and like, I don't ever review people's book till after I've talked to them. Cause I'm like, even if I think I get it, I'm like, well, I want to know what you were trying to do when you were doing it. Right. Cause that like, I always tell people I read like an editor. Like when I, I don't care whether I like a book or not. I care like, what were you trying to do? And did you do it? And like, oh, that's interesting, right? Like the book isn't for me. The book is for you. The product is for me, but the book is something you put together. And so it's like a window into your weird ass soul. <laughs> that's a great way of looking at it. Imagine if every reviewer did that. It'd be really hard as an author to talk to them all. Think of me right. <laughs> right, but you yeah. get a whole lot less. This is how I would have written the book reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have, um, I had a review the other day, uh, and don't get me wrong, they've generally been good reviews, but I had a right, it wouldn't be any fun to bring them up, really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, authors only talk about that one motherfucker that said that one thing. That's it. And it's always, it's never, I mean, I, I'm, I get, if it was a bad review, I was like, oh, I read the book, I didn't really enjoy it, but they would, they would say something that is, um, so this particular reviewer, and I, 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 I liked the comment, I thought it was funny, but she said, um, uh, I don't really like this genre. I don't often read books like this. I read this and it confirmed that I didn't like this genre. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not really a fair reflection of the book, but right. hey, I, I appreciate I appreciate you giving it a go. <laughs> yeah, it, well, that's why I hate reviews, right? It's just because it, most of the time it is somebody talking about how they experienced the thing instead of like what the book is. You know, yeah. and those are completely different things, right? Like if I only read things that I liked, I'd be a terribly boring person. Like I read things that are not written for me, that are not about me, that explore things that I don't know anything about. Like I'm going to have a different experience. And if I read like science fiction, which I've been doing since I was a kid. You know? Yeah, yeah. You, 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 that's exactly it. That's exactly what books are for. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the same. So again, it's the same with um, when, when I was traveling this was ages ago i went traveling i'm sort of living through it still whilst writing we all um, we all do it we all do that <laughs> <laughs> but we used to go on TripAdvisor and look at star ratings for places you could stay 
and we after a while worked out that a five star rating meant that we could afford it and it was probably not great and a three star rating meant that we probably can't afford to go there but it was actually better than what we'd expect yeah you know I mean? I, yeah because people are who people that go to those places are expecting it to be catered to yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly that. whereas if you go for kind of five star people go there expecting nothing and like yeah it was really nice i like the yeah people. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I'm interested because um, from the stand, you did stand up, you said you did a little acting. I've had like improv um, comics on the program, like in the past, because I always tell people that's just writing on stage. That's just writing in a different way than sitting down and doing it. And, or if you're a comedian, like you're doing all of the writing ahead of time. And then you're that the, the performance is the extension of the writing that you've done, whether it be formal sitting down or working it out on stage. So how do you make the, and, but they're different, right? Like being an author doesn't mean you're going to be a good comedian. So like, how do you make the, how do you sort of make that switch from this sort of performative, performative writing into, holy shit, I got to edit this a thousand times and then it just is what it is, right? Like there's no crowd interaction if things aren't going exactly right. <laughs> that is exactly it. So I so I actually stopped doing stand-up while, when I started writing the book. Yeah, um, you have was, to. <laughs> yeah, it was, well, I noticed with stand-up, I was, it, I was, it, was going, it was going all right. I was gigging most nights, which is great. But then I also realized I didn't really want to gig but most nights. I was in a pub every <laughs> night. It was, which sounds great, but I was like, what am I working towards here? Yeah. So I decided to try and write a book instead because it kind of fitted with my life. And I initially started thinking, I will write punchline after punchline and it will be hilarious. <laughs> and then I thought, I started trying to do that. And I was like, well, I've never read a book like this before. And I think I'd find it exhausting. It's like 300 <laughs> pages of, Just... yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of calmed it down a bit, but the difference, the difference was there's a couple of lines in there that are sort of, just full-on punchlines there's no way around it yeah. there was one that I wrote and I thought it was I thought it was really funny I was proud of it and it was something to do with the guy on the beach being arrogant um and waiting for this girl and this teenager saying well I hope she turns up soon because it's something like um so she could be polite water to his arrogant concentrated squash or something like that and it's, it's really minor it's like nothing but then no one laughed because no one's read it so I wrote it I was like okay cool but I'm used to them saying it later that night but I was like, well, there's a chance no one will ever read this. And there's a chance if they do, it will be four or five years later, which is what happened. Um, so you, you kind of go back and you're always kind of second guessing everything you've written. Yeah. Um, but then luckily, uh, other like there's other things in the book and a lot of it is stuff that actually did happen generally in my life, which is good because, I mean, otherwise it would just be comedy and relentless. Yeah. Um, but then there's kind of these hopefully tender moments in it as well. Um but then, I, so I, like I say, I stopped doing comedy. And then recently, since things have began to open up, I did a, a talk at a festival recently, like a literary festival type thing. Um, and it's the first time I've been on stage since probably five years. Um, and I was shaking to begin with. And it was, it was like an hour talk with Q&A. But um, after about two minutes, I realized I was really enjoying it. And then I talked, and I hadn't planned it properly either, which is not good. Um, but it turns out I, I, I can talk for an hour. I just just and I was like this is great I'm loving this and I was like what I mean for a start there's probably an issue with me for someone who can happily sit down in front of people <laughs> chat for an hour about nothing but um yeah no I've kind of made me want to try stand-up again yeah. <laughs> to be honest but as a hobby if you know what I mean rather than yeah. like really going for it 
Yeah. It, I mean, it's it, it it's just interesting to me going, because, you know, when I whenever I read comedians who write books, most of the time it's a memoir or a nonfiction thing or an extension of the comedy that they were doing. Right. And they're just trans. But this is a this is a different like th that is not what this is. And that was what I found so interesting because it's just I don't do stand up, but I've known enough stand up. No, it's a different kind of writing. Right. Like the process yeah. that you go through is just different. And you can't even say, well, this structure of the joke with the premise and the turn, like that's not what writing a fiction book is. No, no, it's not. Um, it's, it, yeah, exactly that. I mean, this one for essentially when I see this, I, I see a big spreadsheet with, with several tabs along the bottom. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but um, with with stand up, I mean, my stand up is so different to the book because the book is a novel and it's a story. Whereas yeah. my stand up is. I used to play guitar and do comedy songs, talk in between. And at the end, uh, at least towards the end of doing stand-up, I, I got into this um, whole bit where I put on, and it was a callback to something else, but I put on all by myself uh, and then do a strip on someone in the audience. Um, and you can't put that in a book. I mean, you can kind of write it in a book, but it's a different... Yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's, it is not the same as the performance of that. No, exactly that, yeah. Yeah, so I'd, like, I'd like to try it again, stand up. Maybe try it in a different different style, less stripping. Because yeah. I've got a kid, he doesn't need to see his dad stripping on people. He does not, no. And, and, and as a teenager, he won't either. There'll never be a time that that will be... It'll be funny as shit for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is on YouTube, so I can, I can bring it up if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So do you think... Will you go back and do stand up and then a, a novel after that? Or like what do you think is next in terms of the writing stuff for you? Um I've I've written another book. Um, oh shit, you've already done it. Is it in the spreadsheet too? No, it's actually not. So I wrote you went, you're it. going in a new way. It's it's a really different. So I know it because because it was a spreadsheet, this one. It you know, you get a plotter and pantsers type thing. It sounds like I'm a complete plotter, but I was actually panting. I was I was sort of writing as I was going along, but keeping a spreadsheet to make sure I knew what yeah. happened. You had so, plot points, not any idea of how they were going together. <laughs> exactly that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and on this spreadsheet as well, it had things like ABBA won Eurovision this year, which is not in the book. It's just <laughs> a bit of context, that kind of stuff. Really pointless things. Um, <laughs> but what I so I, I was looking for a publisher. Um, and whilst I was looking for a publisher, I just carried on writing a different book. And I, I completely plotted the second book and it's, it's a totally, it's, it's similar kind of genre, but it's a different, you know, very different in many ways. Um, and then I found the publisher and now they have my second book and they're trying to work out how, what the story is as an author, if you see what I mean, because it goes yeah, from- hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Um, but it, I think, I think it does make sense in that it's, I mean, there are animals in it. I didn't realize, but when I write, apparently I like to put animals in everything. It Callbacks and animals. This is, that will be our next conversation is where the fuck did that come from? Well, yeah, I don't even, I don't have an answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I could probably ask you enough questions that we could figure that out. That is what I'm very good at. <laughs> so that'll be when the next one comes out, we'll do this again. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. I mean, yeah, the next one's just full of parrots and birds. I couldn't tell you why, but you know what? It's got a parrot, so I reckon the cover will look nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be very colorful. I imagine there's going to be some bright yellows and reds, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. that's not why I put the parrot in it. Don't get me wrong, but it's a nice, <laughs> nice side. <laughs> Well, Tim, this has been uh, fantastic. You are wonderful. And I know this is probably the weirdest interview about your book that you've ever done, which is what we do here. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it has been. I wasn't even sure we were we were doing it for a fair amount. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the book, uh, we we are animals. It's out now. Yeah. Um, it's out on the twenty sixth of oh, July. Oh, so it's coming out. So, and is it um, UK, Canada, US, like where? Yeah, yeah, all Those. of them. Yeah. Oh, uh, that, at uh, the same time. Hang on, no, no, UK and US at the same time. I'm not sure about Canada. Gotcha. Um, but UK and US at the same time on the 26th. I was just uh, telling somebody the other day, Waterstones has become like my second favorite bookstore because I've interviewed so many people overseas. So it's nice that I'll actually be able to buy it here. Yeah, we, you, you will be able to buy it there. I don't know in which shops or anything. I have no idea. But you, one thing I, I would say is it's out on the 26th of July. But if 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 people did want it and they order it through the publisher, you, they send it out earlier, which is- Oh, Nice. The 26th of July is like two weeks away. Yeah. So. And I always tell people, like, particularly if you're working with smaller independent presses, like, they make more money if you buy directly from them. So always go directly to the publishers if you can. Yeah. Um, shall I say who they are? I mean, yeah, sure. Um, that, uh, so their website's i-books.com. But yeah, I mean, they're sending it out anyway. Yeah. Just it. yeah. Yeah. No, uh, they have a website. See how important that is? Yeah, no, it's important, isn't it? Because and I called that back to the beginning. <laughs> 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 well, listen, to, uh, you have a great day. I cannot wait to read this book because it sounds, um, uh, th this is like my kind of ridiculous. Like I love stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Take care of yourself. You too. Thank you very much. Well, there you have it, everybody. That was Tim Ewens, whose book, We Are Animals, is out now. Before we get out of here, just a couple of reminders. Do us those two favors if you liked what you heard and saw on the program today. First, tell all of your friends about us. And second, leave us a written review wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm specifically talking to you, Apple Podcast people. While you're at it, don't forget to check out all the other programs on the Silent Listen Podcast Network, including the flagship Mother May I Sleep With podcast with host and our Silent Listen Podcast queen, Molly McLear. Don't forget these video podcasts. They come out every Monday and Friday, and we have a bunch of them coming out over the next few weeks. You can find them on the Solid Listen Network YouTube channel, or you can catch the audio version wherever you listen to the Downtown Riders Jam. Speaking of the jam, out every Wednesday, make sure you get yourself subscribed so you never miss any of our episodes. Remember, you can always catch us on Twitter and Instagram at the Riders Jam. Until the next time, I will see you around the internet. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.